Some of you might be fixers. You encounter a problem and your first instinct is to immediately find a solution. But what do you do when something drastic happens? When things don't go according to plan and no amount of fixing will make it better? That's what the man in today's story faces. Let's get started. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. We do this by using true life stories of real people. I'm Timothy Gregory, and I've got a question for you. What plans have you made for your life? The Bible says in Proverbs 16, 9, a man's heart deviseth his way but the Lord directeth his steps. Clearly, God is well aware of the sometimes silly and selfish plans we make in our hearts. We convince ourselves that everything will go according to a, a mystical five or 10 year plan that we've made, but in reality, the latter half of this verse is the truth. The Lord directs our steps. So how do we deal with the plan God makes when it doesn't go according to the one we've dreamed up? Which means we're faced with fixing things we never planned for. That's what we're diving into in this week's episode. We all, no matter how vague it is, have some sense of direction for our lives, yet we can be thrown curveballs that seem unfair, unbearable, and, well, unfixable. Whether that be losing a job or the death of a loved one, we can feel like this plan God has for us is a pretty terrible one. That the one we made, where we get the job, never lose anyone, and maybe end up fat and happy at the end, fits us a little better. The concept of God's plan is something that has frustrated people since the beginning of time. The man in this week's episode included... Also, you'll want to stick around because later we are going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter our sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize that you are really going to like, well, if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. Part one of the true story of Dave Walker. I've been pacing in front of the window the last three hours, waiting. What is it, dear? The baby. Here, look. He's not even crying. That's just it. He's fussed the last two days and now won't cry or eat. Hmm. That's not good. I, I don't know what to do. It's okay. We'll take him to the hospital. Three hours through the bumpy bush is too long. We'll leave now. Why didn't you bring him in sooner? We got here as soon as we could. The baby has malaria. Oh, no. I'm afraid there's no chance of saving him now. He will most likely die. No. Oh, no, 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 no. We had no idea. There's got to be something you can do. Here, hold him. I'll give him a shot of quinine. Wait. Aren't you going to sterilize the site? Sir, it doesn't matter at this point. It's more a token of treatment. Nothing to hope in. My parents kept an all-night vigil for me. And not so surprisingly, I developed an abscess around the injection site. 
I also developed pneumonia as a complication, but obviously I survived. And so was my introduction to the world. In a remote part of Zimbabwe, where my father had been assigned as an electric engineer. Every time I heard the story, I knew God had spared me for a purpose. When I was seven, I learned about Dr. Paul Brand, a Christian surgeon working among lepers, and Albert Schweitzer, a musician who studied medicine and founded African clinics. I aspired to a healing role where I could contribute to society. It was my destiny. I just knew it. What's it say? Did you get it? Just one sec. I've got to get it open, Mom. I... The internship is mine if I want it. Oh, that's so exciting. Wow. Aren't you excited? Well, yes, yes, but it's, it's a lot to take in. Everything's happening at once. Sometimes that's the way life comes. Uh, I'm, I'm graduating medical school, getting married to Penny two days later, and then we'll be on our way to Harare Hospital for the internship. You're going to do great things, Dave. You were destined. The man in our story saw God lighting his way, preparing him for something bigger. But what would it be? Based on his book, God in the ICU, this is the remarkable journey of Dr. David Walker, right now on Unshackled. Hello. Hello, Dr. Walker. Would you come immediately to the emergency room? Uh, yes. Yes, I've been waiting to see what my first shift on call would bring. Six-year-old boy. All right. Arm bitten off by a crocodile. What? Oh, oh my! Doctor? I I'll be right there. Thus, I began my medical career. With only four interns to manage a 1,000-bed hospital, handling such traumatic cases was baptism by fire. Treating those patients, I found anesthesia to be fascinating. The idea of using skill and knowledge to be the guardian of the patient, sheltering him through a major crisis in his life, had great appeal to me. I enrolled in training. It was there, in Groot Schuur Hospital in Cape Town, South Africa, that I was called in to work with Dr. Chris Barnard in what would become the world's first heart transplant. From there, I took a post in a diamond mining town, welcomed with one of their huge, lavish parties that the diamond mining community was known for. <laughs> two, two, three, three, two, three, sorry. If I don't count, Penny, I'll be stepping all over myself and you. <clears throat> Excuse me, there is a telephone call for you, Dr. Walker. Really? <laughs> Who'd be tracking me down at this hour? Uh, at a party? This way, sir. Uh, thank you. This is Dave Walker. Dave. Erica? What's, what's wrong? It's Ray. He's... he's been in a car accident. Oh, I, I'm sorry to hear that, Erica. Is he all right? He's very bad, Dave. He's not expected to survive the night. Are you sure? Is that what the doctors say? Where is he? Who's his well, doctor? It was a terrible accident, Dave. He's in the neurosurgery ward at Grootshore. Okay, okay, I'm coming. I'm, I'm flying as soon as possible. 
Surely there'd been a mistake. But a call confirmed the worst. My fun-loving brother, the one who finished my sentences and who was often confused as my twin, wasn't wearing his seatbelt and was driving too fast in the rain when he hit a concrete pillar. His head crashed against the windshield, shattering his skull. His chest had been flung against the steering wheel, bruising his heart and splintering his ribs, which tore through his lungs. His death left Erica a pregnant widow. I, I thought the grief would tear me apart. Weeks after the funeral, waves of agonizing sadness gripped my heart. All that could replace those feelings was a cold anger toward God. I saw him as the one who let this happen. He could have stopped it. I had always regarded him as loving and caring, but now I saw no security in his love. It appeared as though God looked on from afar and just let us get on with our own lives. So that's exactly what I'd do. Whatever sense of destiny I once held vanished. Dr. Walker, the phone's for you. Take a message. They said it's urgent. So is this anesthesia I'm administering. It's the police. The police? I'll sit for you. Oh, uh, fine. Dave Walker. Sir, I'm with the South African police. Are you related to Mrs. Erica Walker? Yes. Yes, I am. Why? We need you to come to her residence. What's happened? I'm sorry, I cannot tell you over the phone. You need to come here. I'm in the middle of giving an anaesthetic. Can it wait? No, I'm sorry, sir. It cannot. Erica's my sister-in-law. She, she brought her baby Deirdre to me over the weekend. I, I, I told her the baby was just getting a cold. Nothing to worry about. If she took a turn for the worse... Sir, I cannot say. Please come. I raced to Erica's almost as fast as my mind spun. What had I missed? Was the baby okay? Why hadn't Erica called or brought Deirdre to the hospital if she'd grown sicker? Why were the police involved? I, I, I'm Dr. Walker. Thank you for coming so quickly. What's going on? Let me start with the fact that we don't suspect foul play. Foul play? It was the cleaning lady who called us. She believed the residence to be home and worried when no one answered her knocking. Can we go inside? Yes, follow me and brace yourself. What we discovered was here in this front room. Apparently... Erica! Erica! No, no! Sir. Check for a pulse! So we have... Uh, she's been pronounced... Sir, it's too late. <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet Erica! My condolences, sir. <sighs> What happened? With a spilled coffee cup and unfinished letter to her cousin here on the counter, we figured she felt unwell, got up, coffee cup in hand to fetch something, and collapsed. Her baby was in a crib down for a nap. Deirdre, where is she? It's all right, sir. An officer took her to the station while we sought all this out. I can't believe it. Eric is so young and healthy. She is... was an athlete. It just can't be. A tragedy, no doubt. Hopefully the autopsy can help fill in the blanks. 
The following weeks, I helped my parents and Erica's folks settle the estates and sort through belongings in a trance of shock and grief. The long-awaited autopsy came back, revealing no cause of death. In rare cases, it can put the heart out of rhythm and leave no traces for an autopsy to pick up. Endless questions swarmed, but one thing was clear. I didn't see God's help in this. Deirdre, you're okay, baby girl. Hi there. Oh, oh, Dave, I didn't hear you come in. I imagine not. How long has she been howling like this? Long enough for the neighbours to bang on the walls. You think she's teething? I couldn't see any coming through. Maybe she's just scared of me. No, she loves you and loves it here. After she adjusts, she will. But we're the fourth family she's been with this week, and she's only here for two nights. It's a lot of shuffling around. Too much. She needs a home, Dave. What about ours? I was wondering that. I think it's a great idea. <laughs> it really is. We'll raise her like our own. And yours and Erica's parents can visit as often as they like. It's what's best. And Deirdre will know she has a home. Our family grew overnight, it seemed, as another daughter was soon added to our family. And we slept well, knowing our decision to adopt Deirdre would have pleased Ray and Erica. To add to that assurance, both sides of the family fully supported us, and Penny and I ended up growing close to Erica's parents as they visited. Oh, at, at, at this hour? Oh, I hope it didn't wake the girls. I'll go check on them. Yes, and I'll see who's out this late. Uh, Jack, come on in. I'm sorry to be so light. Well, maybe you can still peek in on Deirdre. She wouldn't want to miss Grandpa. Willem actually came by to talk to you. Oh, all right, sure. What's on your mind? It's Joy. She has cancer. What? Oh, no. Jack! You know she had that riddling cough for years, but it's worse, so she went in. The chest x-ray revealed lung cancer so extensive there's nothing to do. Surely there's, there's got to be... She only has a few months. Life's so fragile. First Ray, then Erica, and now Joy, all within two years. We couldn't bear more loss, and yet... What was there to do? I decided there was no use in fighting God, but I could be diligent in prayer. And maybe God would come through this time. So I opened the door to him by finding this little church I passed on my way to work each morning that held an early service with communion. I attended every morning in all sorts of weather, regardless of my level of tiredness, I was showing up in an attempt to make contact with God. Every time I took the bread and wine, I felt a supernatural peace flood my being. But I held fast in my resistance and wanting to have things my way. I didn't want comfort. I wanted joy to be healed. All right, folks, we'll get back to Dave's story in just a moment, but first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. 
Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, Unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now... Back to part one of the true story of Dave Walker. Dr. Walker? Dr. Walker? Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I must have fallen asleep. Joy's sleeping. Why don't you go home and get some rest? I can call when she wakes up. Well, I'll stay a bit longer. She is blessed to be so well-loved. She's the blessing. She told me she appreciates your prayers. Ah, a lot of good they're doing. She's wasting away. But they help comfort her, and that's what she needs now. I just wish there was more to do. Sometimes we've got to rest knowing we did everything we can. As a physician, you know that better than anyone. Yes, but maybe that's what makes me wonder what good I am. If all my knowledge and skill can't save the people I love. I don't suppose it's something they hold against you. Cut yourself some slack and go home and get some rest. Well, back for another day of prayerful support. Hello, Dr. Walker. Uh, For once, I feel rested. Uh, How's Joy doing this? Wait. Did she get moved to another room? Dr. Walker, I'm sorry. She's gone. Oh, no. It was about four this morning. Oh, Joy! I'm so sorry. After Joy's funeral, I found myself so disillusioned that all I wanted to do was get away from it all. Penny and I set out for the United Kingdom with our two little girls. Other than living in a friend's vacant house in Oxford, we had no other plans. While I did end up taking some night shifts at the local hospital, my work wasn't anything taxing. That year away gave me the direction I'd been missing, and Penny and I returned to Africa with three little girls now in tow. Say when? Whoa, 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 when? (laughs) Thanks, George. And, And... Thanks again for letting us spend the night. Don't mention it. I'll call the utilities company again this morning to see if they've turned everything back on yet. Must have been a rude awakening after travelling so far to get home. I thought I had it all covered, but I have a feeling the to-do note never made it off the receptionist's desk. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, what are your plans now that you're back? Well, I honestly don't know. Well, 
What do you think of my letter? What letter? You never got my letter? Huh. <laughs> I thought that was why you came home. Well, his letter grows more mysterious by the second. The partners and I, a group of anesthesiologists, invited you to join our private practice. Really? Well, that's incredible. So, is that a yes? It'd be an honour, George. I couldn't believe it. Not only had we come home to a job offer I knew nothing of, but we were actually staying with the man who sent the letter. What I contributed then to marvellous coincidence, I now see as God's leading and guiding us, even though I was unaware. How's Pete doing? His blood pressure hasn't raised yet. Uh, not surprised, given the blood loss. With a ruptured spleen, torn liver, fractured hip and ripped artery. Yes, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, it's a miracle he's still alive. I feared he wouldn't make it through surgery. You got him through. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully he survives the night. With so much damage, there's bound to be complications. I'll watch him close. God help him. If God does that sort of thing. For three weeks, Pete hovered between life and death. Every hour we fought for his survival. From jaundice, to blood infections, to stiff lungs, to failing kidneys. The complications created hectic days and sleepless nights. It was a medical victory he survived. During that time, I met his wife and learned that after a night of drinking, Pete had come home and stormed out of the house following a heated argument between the two. He got into his car and sped away, driving furiously and weaving across lanes. The car hurled off the road and into a bridge support. It was so tragic, so unnecessary. But I took hope, knowing now he had a new lease on life. Excuse me. Ma'am. Uh, are you, uh, Pete's, uh... Oh, Dr. Walker. It's so good to see you. I thought I recognised you. How's Pete doing? He walks with a bit of a limp, but he put on weight and is feeling strong, I think. Wow, that's that's great. It's, it's truly amazing. Yeah. And how is he mentally? Well, there's a lot to that. He's practically a raging alcoholic now, and... He's left me and the kids. What? Yeah. We haven't heard from him in weeks. Oh, I'm... I am so, so sorry. Me too. I felt so betrayed. All that effort, and yet his life had gone further down the drain. What effect had I had? What permanent, life-changing effect? What was my real purpose? Was I just put here on Earth to save physical lives and make no change to the quality of the whole person? Was that even my job? There had to be something to address the well-being of the whole person, not just the body. And so, my interest and deeper search for God began. Hi there, Dave. I'm glad you made it. Thanks. I appreciate you teaching these Bible study classes. You haven't missed a one if my memory serves me correct. Yeah. The last six months I've found myself on a mission to learn all I can. Huh. What sparked that? Well, 
God seemed like an onlooker for so long, and I guess I wanted to see if he could truly impact hearts and lives for the better. Did you find your answer? <laughs> Not yet. Well, perhaps you need to allow God room. Room? Where? In your heart and mind, to intervene and guide your life. What do you mean? You're a self-sufficient man and confident in your abilities. But you could try asking for his help, even for what you believe you can do yourself. So I started praying as best I knew how. Reading the Bible that didn't make much sense, and asking God to help me with the anaesthetics I managed well on my own. If he was there and cared, I asked him to show himself. I didn't know what, if anything, to expect. You're scrubbing in early. Yes, well, I uh, wanted an extra minute with the patient before putting them to sleep. What for? I was up before dawn this morning and, and was trying to... Well, I, I was trying to pray when I felt this all-pervading peace fill the room. I knew it was the love of Jesus and his presence. I knew, without a doubt, that God is personal and present with us and wants us to include him in our lives. I realised he'd been guiding and enabling me my whole life, but I had ignored him in my egotistical chase for glory. Well, well, Dr. Walker. Glory to the highest. You found Jesus. Well, technically, he found me. I was the one that was lost. <laughs> <laughs> you know, looking at the surgery list this morning, it struck me that I can be offering to pray with and for my patients. As nervous as most are, they'll really appreciate that more than you know. That day, I realized when you're fighting for your life, you need more than medicine. And now, with prayer, I truly had something to offer my patients, not only for their health, but for their souls. I watched my life take an exciting turn as I moved my attention away from myself and what I could do toward a loving, powerful God and what He can do. I witnessed his faithfulness in responding to prayers. Overnight, I was seeing lives transformed, not just with physical healing, in fact, sometimes without physical healing, but through an encounter with the living God. I saw the faithfulness of a God whose ways are not always our ways, but whose conduct is always that of a loving, kind, just, and intensely personal God. A God who loves to intervene when we relate to him personally in prayer and obedience to his word. Little did I know how much I would need God as my own life would soon teeter on the edge of tragedy. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose. Emphasis on the his. God's plan really might not make any sense to us. We might be stuck wondering if God even has a plan, or does he just sit back and let bad things happen and there's nothing we do that can change the outcome of our suffering, like Dave thought. 
Yet, when we look at stories like Job and Paul, we see the immense fruit that their suffering bore. God used their suffering for His glory. God used Dave's suffering to show him his faithfulness. And although it's sometimes hard to see, God does the same in all our lives. All in God's plan isn't a cheesy blanket phrase to throw on a bad situation. It is a serious and comforting promise that even though things look bleak in a moment, there is still hope of something yet to come. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. But in the meantime, here is a fun fact about Unshackled. Did you know our first show back in 1950 went, well, not so great? (laughs) The first director actually resigned after the first show. And that's when Eugenia Price, the second director of Unshackled, stepped up and decided that hiring professional actors for the show would help the influence and strength of the message. And here we are, 71 years later. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. Okay, here's the prize for our upcoming sweepstakes contest, a beautiful wooden scripture plaque. And I believe the scripture on this uh, particular plaque is Psalm 4610, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the earth. Folks, this is a gorgeous plaque, especially if you're looking for uh, daily inspiration from Scripture. You will love this authentic and um, very unique wooden plaque. The plaque has been sawn from a tree branch or a log, Uh, and cut in such a way to retain as much of the bark around the perimeter as possible. I didn't actually witness that happening, but I can assure you it did. It's been handcrafted around the natural character and the beauty of the wood that God created. So all you have to do to enter our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast Sweepstakes Drawing, (gasps) that's a mouthful, is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org, and give us your name, phone number, and email. Your name, phone number, and email. The winner of this sweepstakes uh, drawing for this beautiful scripture plaque will be announced on July 26th, but the deadline for entry is July 21st. The deadline for entry, July 21st. And next time... Excuse me. Yes? I'm... Dr. Walker, the anesthesiologist. Oh, yes. Have they updated you on your daughter? Well, they they told me they've done everything they can do for now. I see. 
Tell me, Dr. Walker, can you help my Tessa? Dr. Dave Walker was searching for more than physical healing for his patients. Uh, I'm a Christian, and, and I'd like to say a prayer for Tessa, asking God to heal her. And in the process, he discovered the transforming power of God. She's going to die, isn't she? I'd like to pray. Dr. Walker began sharing his faith with his patients and praying for them. Dear God, I ask, please heal Tessa. But would God bless his efforts? Don't miss his stirring testimony on the next Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Dave Walker Part 1 were Brad Armacost, Cynthia Judge, Demetrius Troy, Oksana Fedunishin, and Larry Halliburton. Original music and audio engineer Don Badorf. Sound effects Demetrius Troy. Recording engineer David Pierczynski. Script Kylie Hammond. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ. <laughs>